1: In Chicago, it's really big to do those private karaoke rooms, which I hate. I'm all about embarrassing myself and in front of so many people. A lot of people. I need strangers to laugh at me. uh,
2: (laughs) So many, so many, so many damn books. books. Uh, well, welcome to
0: Karaoke Talk with, uh, <laughs> with Hannah Petard. Uh, or actually, let's just start with so many damn books. I'm Christopher. I'm Drew. And we do have Hannah Petard in the studio with us. Or Hello. it's not a studio, it's a damn library, right? It's pretty great. Yes. Uh, and still. It is still the damn library. Hannah Petard, you are the author of most recently Listen to Me as well as uh, Reunion. And you have something coming out soon, I believe, as well. I do,
1: right? Tentatively called uh, Atlanta 1962. Um, cool. We're not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. You like that title? I do. Do you like that title? I mean... I mean, it's it says a lot, right? Yeah, it says place yeah. and time, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. Where? Atlanta. When? 1962. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who? Who? Read You're the gonna book. Read, buy the book. <laughs> you got to buy the book. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. What I like about it is that it's definitely, not, don't take this the wrong way. But it's definitely not a New York book, oh, right? Cool. It's not New York, 1962. Yeah, well, it's that's,
0: Atlanta. That's the only books we like to read. Either that, New York books, <laughs> New York, or in cars. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I that's good. That's yeah. really good. Um, nice segue. But I would love to write. I love reading New York books, and I would yeah. love to write a New York book. But I'm not about to write a New York book as somebody who does not live here. I mm. you, I don't think that you can fake. Um, you can't. I could not fake a New York book. I wouldn't want to try.
0: That's as good a intro to what's going on here as anything. Yeah um,
1: Wait did you guys have questions? I will just no. <laughs> talk <laughs> As a teacher I'm prepared to talk well, That's
0: great. Well before before we do that, let's talk about what we're drinking. Oh yes. Your book, "Listen to Me," your new novel, uh, is. We're gonna say
1: the title as many times as we can. It's gonna be like Pee Wee Herman, and we all laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember this? are you you too young? It's the word of the day. No, it's Mm -hmm. the the word of the day. The word of the day is actually a phrase. It's "listen to me." Yeah.
0: (laughs) 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 Yes, the drink.
1: Get it together. (laughs) We really we've we haven't even had any of them yet.
0: We've only had sips. It's the it's the should have taken a plane. Uh, It's it's my take on an aviation, um, which gets a lovely uh, blue-violet color from the creme de violette, Um, and it's also as gin, and um, traditionally, it's supposed to have uh, maraschino liqueur. Which which, is delicious. Which is the delicious liqueur (laughs) that I love, and uh, I couldn't find any, so instead... (laughs) Instead, you did find (laughs) Sprite Tropical Remix, which I'm really excited about um it is such a classy drink it's it's the classiest (laughs) well i kind of thought like part of the book is them on i mean the whole book is emma in in a car so i was just thinking like when you're in on a car trip and you end up stopping at like a gas station and you look in the fridge and you're like sprite tropical remix (laughs)
1: wasn't that discontinued years the last thing i would purchase yeah and that's (laughs) what i decided to buy
0: And uh, it actually works as a, as a substitute. I think. It I think does. it's a. It's nice. Yeah, has it has an interesting.
2: I
1: doubt mouth it. Feel. and I've been proved wrong. <laughs> but in the same way that this is this should have taken a plane instead of the aviation, or sh- um, it's it's kind of like should have just bought Sprite. <laughs> <Should've> just-, <laughs> <laughs> like just, should've, should've just. It's delicious.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh. Yeah. So that's the drink.
2: Speaking of uh, buying Sprite. Yeah. What we else? Talk about some books that we bought.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about things we bought. you should start us.
2: Uh, so Halloween is nearly. Oh yeah, here. are you are you October starting? October is nearly here, and are you starting I, to buy
0: your your scary books?
2: I am. I spend the month of October just reading like scary books or terrifyingly books. Uh, so I picked up Paul Tremblay's Head Full of Ghosts. Ooh, good which title. Stephen King said was like the scariest book he read last year. Oh my gosh! And I have to imagine he reads a lot of scary books. Uh, so I was sold on that, and then. A series that I love about a gentleman necromancer, uh, the latest, "The Fall of the House of Cabal" by Jonathan Howard. Mm. It's very like Rye, sort of Terry Pratchett esque uh-huh. uh, voice, but it, it's a rely. His brother's a vampire.
0: How many of these have you read?
2: The there are four. Mm-hmm. This is the fifth. I've read them all. It's <laughs> not the fifth yet,
1: but <clears throat>
2: uh, cool.
0: Yeah, Sounds that's where good. I am. Uh, Hannah.
1: Yeah, so, um, I am in the very fortunate, this is not to, like, rub it in or anything (laughs) like that, uh, but... I have not had to buy many books recently because sure. I have been getting a lot in the mail, um, and yeah. I am enjoying that a great deal. Uh, <laughs> books in the mail—it's got to be a, one of
0: the best things in the world.
1: It's a, it's a cool perk. A downside is that um, my library has stopped being hardbacks um, and beautiful published paperbacks. Instead, I have a lot of galleys. Yeah, but they get the job done. It's yeah. nice. Um But recently, in the mail, and it's funny because I'm looking at some of these on the bookshelf in front of me. Um, good is gone. Oh, I've yeah. gotten um, by Amy Gentry. By Amy Gentry, and uh, but books that um, I have purchased and I, I cannot wait to read. Um, <clears throat> I'm on a bit of a New York Review of Books kick. Cool. Oh, cool. Uh, it, it, I I think in part because I am reading a bunch of new stuff and stuff that hasn't even been published yet for blurbs. I'm really loving. Uh, republished books and reprinted books. And so by my bedside table, purchased, not given to me, purchased uh, is Elizabeth Taylor's Angel Ooh. about a novelist, about a surly young... Um, she's, she's not from a privileged background, but she's a surly young British novelist who basically writes uh, pot-boiler romances and her books... She writes them originally when she's something like 16 or 17, her first one that she writes in a notebook and she has the audacity to send it off and it comes back and it doesn't get published. So she dr- dr- you know, goes a little crazy and she writes another one and sends it off and it gets taken, but it gets taken because the two male publishers read it and they're like, this is awful it's going to sell so well. So she becomes this amazingly successful novelist. I'm only halfway through it, but I am addicted to the narrator and I, I don't normally love books about writers. I love this book. Cool. it's wow. great. Yeah. I That's recommend that to everybody. Elizabeth Taylor's angel.
0: Wow. That sounds really good. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: How about
0: you, sir? Oh, um, I, uh, I picked up John Updike's witches of Eastwick, nice. um, uh, because I haven't read it before. And, I also, inspired by you, Drew, it's time to maybe get some some scarier reads. Hell yeah. Can't uh, wait
2: for you to call me and be like, I haven't slept in three days.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we'll see if this is what that...
1: And then you'll uh, see the movie. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm excited about that too. It's interesting. Um, and then I also bought, or uh, Chip Zdarsky uh, took over Jughead, um, the character of Jughead from Archie and did a standalone comic um, all about him. It's a really fun comic, um, and and Chip Zdarsky, who we've talked about in the past with his um, Sex criminals. book "Sex Criminals." Um, Good title, great title, great series. That. Yeah, um, and so it's it's fun to see him taking on this character.
1: That skips place and time and goes straight to the who. Who? <laughs> Sex, Sex criminals. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we have you here we want let's talk about yeah uh, listen to me sounds
2: yeah. good um before we get too deep into it would you give our listeners a an author approved synopsis yeah yeah Because there are certainly things that we
1: could say that might not be approved but yeah. uh, can we can I hear that after yeah okay
0: well it's more like we would just spoil it spoiler or something. Alert? <laughs> yeah.
1: spoiler I can do it can I do a spoiler alert
0: you no. you mean like you want to spoil it kind of your no. own book I mean
1: well, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. Okay. So, but it's the story of Mark and Maggie. They, they take an annual drive East. Mark is a professor. Maggie's a vet. She owns her own clinic. They're, you know, a happy, healthy, pretty couple that hasn't had to be too introspective. They've lived a fairly contented life. And, uh, with the exception of Maggie's mugging at gunpoint about nine months before the book starts. And, and then about three weeks before the road trip, um, Maggie had been improving over time after the mugging. And, uh, about three weeks before the road trip, um, a young woman down the street is murdered and it's, it has nothing to do at all with Maggie and Mark, except that the cops come to visit them because the young woman who was murdered has an identical bruise on the back of her neck that Maggie had after she was mugged at gunpoint. Um, and this sort of spirals Maggie out of control. Any, any sort of semblance of normalcy that she had reclaimed after the mugging is gone. And Mark, instead of waiting another month before classes to end, you know, he's a tenured faculty member. Mark sort of um, gets out of town early. He puts Maggie in the car, basically, and says let's get you back to nature and <laughs> let's get <laughs> you out of the city but of course they don't get out soon enough um mm. yeah
0: wow yeah that's a that's a great i don't know i want to read it again
1: <laughs> that's i like you should read it again <laughs> wait, wait till the paperback comes out and buy another oh, oh yeah. there you go that's yeah. what
0: we should do <laughs> um well i want to talk to you about confining the novel to a car sure. i mean did that did it start like I want to write a novel in a car? Absolutely or, not. Okay.
1: No. So so this is, like I say, this is a this is a a drive that I've taken many times. And in fact, I um, took a drive I think it was in 2012 uh, where, so in the, in the book, Mark and Maggie end up staying at a hotel without power, not a spoiler alert because it's on the back of the book, but I did always think, do we want to say that? Mm -hmm. Um, But, but it says it. So they, they stay in a hotel without power and I stayed in a hotel without power. Um, And I, I, I am somebody who is pretty terrified of the dark. Still am. Um, I have a few irrational fears, fear of the dark, fear of flying, hence my driving. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did not sleep at this hotel without power. Um, And instead, I pretty much stayed awake thinking something's got to come out of this. Okay, it's going to be a book. Um, (laughs) And and I didn't realize that instead of spending most of the novel at the hotel without power, which is sort of how I envisioned it that night as I was not sleeping, um, it ended up being about these people in a car and and what's really crazy is that uh, a piece of advice that I have recycled and passed on to my students one that I got from a professor of mine at the University of Virginia Chris Tillman he once told us if you don't know what to write about put two people in a car who don't like each other something will happen (laughs) Um, and so I was I was saying that to students this summer in Oxford Mississippi and I had a young guy raise his hand and say Hey, so you did that. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, your book. I read, I read about your book. It hadn't come out yet. And he said, I read about your book. You have like this couple and they don't like each other and you put them in a car. And I said... Holy cow. I totally <laughs> did. I finally, Like, I, you know, Chris Tillman said this 10 years ago, and it it was in the back of my mind. And I was so lucky. He was in the audience in DC, uh, right after the book came out in July. And I was able to tell that anecdote and thank him because I do think in many ways he is responsible for I mean, the germ was given to me by him, but it was it was accidental. huh? Cool. And it, I, but it's absolutely true. It's great advice. And I, I stand by it because, really, if you don't, you know, there are writers who, there are some writers who absolutely know what they're going to write about. Um, they don't know how to begin. But there are people who are like, I can write. I love to write, but I have a really hard time making things happen. And it's terrific advice. Put two people who don't like each other in a car, send them on at least a hundred mile road trip. Something will happen. Huh. <laughs> right? They, like a fight. Knowledge will come out that isn't supposed to come out. Um, something's gonna happen. That's yeah. cool. It's That's not really bad. Cool. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, speaking of things like coming out that aren't supposed to, yeah, the book has this just relentless uh build up of dread For, like Good. from the very beginning thank mm-hmm. you and i'm thinking specific there are th- i think you do it three times where you s- like there's this authorial voice that pops in and the mm. camera sort of pans away from the car and it's like they were driving by lake michigan and it was like this many feet to the bottom yeah or like the sun was this many thousand miles away and i why did you choose to do that because it was deeply effective
1: that makes me so happy. Um, you ha- you're having like the visceral reaction that I was hoping people would have. Um, I don't know why those those moments um, happened when they happened um what i was hoping for i'm very interested in the artifice of st- storytelling i think uh it's something that we all do all the time right it's how we communicate and and it's why if i am an effective teacher i think it's because i believe that everybody can learn to write not necessarily well um but everybody tells us sto- can learn to tell a story because that's how we communicate every single day all day long um and you know we tell we tell each other anecdotes we tell each other summaries of what happened over the weekend um Sometimes the stories aren't interesting. Sometimes they are. And what I think I'm good at is saying, okay, let's take that real life story that you just told me and let's make it interesting. Uh, let's (laughs) tweak it. Right. Um, so in being interested in that storytelling process, I have become somebody who wants to acknowledge the artifice sort of put it on a pedestal but also take it apart a little bit and say what are we doing and 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 I'm really interested in the idea of audience and the way that the story that I would tell you of what I did last night, for instance, um, it's going to be a lot different the way I tell it to you two, um, two very nice dudes who I just met, who clearly <laughs> like to laugh, right? And so now I want to make you laugh all the time. Um, but it's going to be a different version that I tell to, for instance, my mom, who I have a really open and candid relationship with. But I'd also, you know, I'm going to say something like, well, you know, Greta, she had a few more drinks than I did. Um, <laughs> you know, I switched over to soda water pretty early on in the night, um, to which my mom, of course, is going to. To hear this and be like that's hannah lying again right i mean and and so i also know that that's a sort of audience there because she's anticipating my lie um i am known in the family as the prevaricator i'm just like the nonce but i'm never doing it out of um malice i'm doing it to entertain like why would i tell the straight story when i could actually entertain people mm-hmm. and always my family are the only people who does this to me nobody else will do it but my family will stop and they'll say that's not what happened, and I'll say. <laughs> but isn't it so much better? Oh yeah! <laughs> who cares? I, this is so much more fun. Um, so part of the so part of this novel was sort of acknowledging that that. You know, that's artifice I mean I keep using that word um, and by having those moments in the book where as you say the camera sort of um, takes this long view what I was trying to do or what I hope to do with that was basically say listen we're all, whether we want to be or not, we're all walking solipsists. You know, we are all in our own heads all the time. Um, and and some of us know better than others that other people exist and we want to take care of them. Bill and Melinda Gates, right? They, they are, they want to take care of people and they're doing a really good job making sure that like they're generosity is felt all over the world. Um, I know that other people exist. I mean, I, I because I teach and I, I don't have kids and I never will. I don't want them. But I think it's a responsibility of mine to you know help future generations out. So I'm, I'm very aware that other people, 18 to 22 year olds and some grad students, they have souls and I want to help those <laughs> souls become better by making them better readers and better writers. Um, but at the same time, there's also this Uh, Nagging feeling that I have As a human being in this world That my life, if I'm lucky It'll be long, but my life of 37 years right now, possibly 97 years, is a blip on the Fucking radar, Mm -hmm. right? And that's What I wanted to do with those panning Out moments, a reminder of But guess what? It doesn't really matter But I know it does, I know it does to you, right? (laughs) It's really upsetting, I get it, you were mugged You might be getting divorced next week, but also Guess what? It doesn't fucking matter (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's like it's that quote uh i want to say it was emerson that like most men leave lead lives of quiet desperation yeah and mark and maggie are both like living their own little quietly desperate lives but thrown into these they're they're not extraordinary circumstances but they feel right.
1: extraordinary yeah so th- that's that's a really cool way of looking at it um what i so i did want to write a book A a kind of thriller. Um, And I think there are a lot of readers who will be disappointed when they think they're picking up a thriller here. And it's not, you know, there is no gore. But to me, um, the it seems extraordinary, but it's actually very normal. It's Mm -hmm. very normal in every day what happens um, and and just ubiquitous small problems that they encounter. And what I liked about the idea of making those ordinary things dreadful uh, was this sort of the implication that the reader would have that this could be my life this mm-hmm. could happen tomorrow and that to me is a lot a lot scarier than um, there are vampires in my closet which obviously like if I'm reading a vampire book late at night and you tell me and it's about vampires in my closet that's gonna unsettle me yeah and probably that's the night that I don't get up to use the bathroom in the middle I'm like I'll hold it <laughs> said, well, I'm good I'm good till dawn and you know I get my phone out and I'm like 7 15 something comes up that's when I'm using the bathroom this morning. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not impervious to those sorts of fantastic fears but the fear that i'm really interested in is the realistic one the one of who is around the corner and and what happens if i do get a little bit um glib with my walk home from the l late at night because it's my walk home to my house and this is my street and um you've done it a million times yeah you've done it a million times and i think that's the stuff that's really interesting Mm -hmm. to me the possible the the truly possible stuff
0: Was it a short novel by design or was it a short novel by the fact that it ended and you're like, okay, it's 180 pages. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs)
1: that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, I did not think, I did not know that this would be a short novel looking at it. Now it seems like, especially with two people sort of in, in crisis, it couldn't be much longer because I think I would be, I would, I would begin to ask too much of the reader. Um, because as you said, there's like this lingering dread, early on that, that that's borderline. You didn't use this word. And I think that was being, you were being kind, but, um, it is borderline claustrophobic. And I think if I think 20 more pages and I would have put this book down, but, but it's just the right amount of intensity, like a movie, um, you know, where you've got, you've got just enough sweat in you. Um, like, uh, what's that great movie that came out last year, whiplash. Mm -hmm. I think I walked out 10 pounds lighter. (laughs) I had just the right amount of liquid in my body that could be expelled. Um, I did not know what was going to happen in that movie. I Mm -hmm. went into it completely blind. And I'm recently divorced, but my husband was sitting next to me at the time, and he's a musician, so he was really excited to see it, and he had not warned me for it. Five minutes in, I grabbed his leg. I was sitting on the edge of my seat five minutes in, and I grabbed his leg and I said, just tell me, is there a murder? So so this book, I think... I love this book. I'm very proud of this book. It's the book I'm most proud of, in fact. And and I think it it couldn't be a page longer and it couldn't be a page shorter, but it was not deliberate. Only, mm. only in that the writing itself was deliberate, but not the length.
2: One thing that I was thinking about certainly while reading, listen to me, but then also while reading uh, the book that you brought to us yes. today. Uh, ian reed's i'm thinking of ending things is like that that weird sense that you can never n- quite know the person sitting next to you even if you think you know them completely
0: right a nine-year marriage a seven week relationship
1: right
2: yeah and I was just in in terms of all of the things that we've been saying about the the building dread and the fact that like our lives are sort of a blip even as you're thinking about those like bigger ideas you managed to get really deep into these two people and show how like don't know each other yeah and i'm just wondering where how you came to that idea of like yeah i want to show yeah how did you decide to explore that
1: yeah i do believe and this is not cynical um i think this is just factual i believe that we can't know another person. And so I'm really intrigued by what that means. And and sometimes it doesn't mean anything, but but I think sometimes if you choose, you can pull the right string um, and it means that something falls, a, a relationship falls apart just because you're ready for it too. Um, I don't know.
0: Before we get super far, I do want to know um, what made you bring this book to us? Uh, I'm thinking I, of anything Things by Ian Reed.
1: So I, I'm, I, I wanted to bring it to you too for two reasons or no not for two reasons for a couple reasons um number one uh i got to review it in the new york times and um and i think very cool thank you so so in part because it's just it's cool um that i got to review this book uh but also because i think that i think that the review might come across as negative um and i don't mean it in that way i meant I, i i really thought that this was a I'm, I'm so impressed by this book as a debut novel, mm-hmm. and and I wanted to talk about um, the many things it does right, uh, mm-hmm. and and I talk about the th- some of the things it does right in the in the review. But um, you know, I also I I found myself in the review, and this is going to sound so condescending, and I don't mean it that way, but I found myself definitely like feeling like not a teacher because that is condescending, but like somebody who wanted to say dude really good job but i think that you can get an a plus next time yeah (laughs) um and and it's you know it's a conversation that if ian and i were friends and i hope one day we are he could say that about my work too that he could be like listen i think you got lazy here um and i feel like this i want to be like ian come on i think you took an easy way out i do because you wrote a kick-ass book and then it's almost like he got tired Mm -hmm. and he was like never mind um, i'm gonna i'm gonna go to bed and i think that's exactly the way you described it to me you were like he was like i wrote a great book and then
2: uh never mind yeah I'm t- <laughs> what's I'm, next
1: it's okay yeah I, did, wait did you tell me that that check just cleared
0: cool right <laughs> <laughs> it's cool and that was right
1: which on and and i have to say like as somebody who has been a struggling poor writer for most of her life I don't not respect that, but I also see enough talent there, like an instinctive talent that I want to I want to sort of like I want to be his friend so that I can say that.
0: Yeah. To him. I'll just say what the book's about really quick. This is a book that's pretty pretty much very similar. It's two people in a car mm-hmm. driving. Um they have been together for for just 7 weeks, not 9 years, right. but they're still and and very quickly in the first few pages the, the line from the title comes up that she's saying, I'm thinking of ending things. I, I want to break up with this guy, but I'm curious. I'm just interested in this yeah. trip to his parents' house. Right. And then things go off the rails.
1: <laughs> Causality falls away. I yeah. mean, things stop making yeah. sense. And as you said, right, there's, it seems deliberately vague. And when you finish this book, you realize why it has to be vague. I mean, all of it all of it is ultimately earned, you know, I pu- I'm putting that in air quotes in my head. Um, but it's also really frustrating.
0: It is frustrating. It had, it, it was very intriguing at the, uh, it's an intriguing novel. Oh,
1: I was, t- I was terrified. Like it, in the first 30 yeah, pages, speaking so of books not to read late yeah. at night. Um, so like I said, how many times I have like a couple words that I'm just going like, to say <laughs> repeatedly, um, today, but, uh, I'm recently divorced and I was at home alone, you know, in this house that I used to ha- share with somebody. And I was, as I also said, I'm scared of the dark and I was reading that book and I had to read it quickly because I wanted to spend most of my time rereading and, you know, really getting to think about it before the review was due. I took it super seriously, like homework, but I got 30 pages in one night and I put it down. I was like, this is, I'm not reading this book at night. And that is success to yeah, me. Oh that's yeah, definitely. I mean it,
2: I was thinking of, um, Especially around them, like they they arrive at Jake's parents' place. Yeah, and they do actually arrive to the. They get to place. the farm and yeah. yeah. the farm. The creepy they, as fuck. Yeah, they get to it, the fireworks factory. I started right. thinking of. Um, <laughs> That's nice. I know he like you can't quite say his name without laughing anymore. But uh, M Night Shyamalan's uh-huh. most recent movie.
1: Which one? Wait, can you even t- remind me what the most recent movie?
2: I honestly I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's like these two kids go to visit their grandparents called the visit the visit (laughs) yes thank you (laughs) that should have been pretty easy i guess
0: i loved all the details of of her realizing like okay so this is these are all antiques or these are just Mm. things that have been Owned for years. Yeah. Like, like, and every, and, but everything's not dusty. Like, there's very, it's, it's a very. Here are
1: pictures, but these pictures might are, have come with the picture frames. Right.
0: And she's like, is that me?
1: <laughs> like, picture, yeah.
0: Which is so creepy. There's, there,
1: that was also the, the moment
2: for me where when she sees this photo and she's like,
1: wait, is that me? At about that time where she looks at the photograph and she sees herself, um, I I was a little bit optimistic, please let this be something other than I think it's going to be, but I think 75% of me knew that it was going to become this like, spoiler alert. Can I do this? Yeah, it's, I'm gonna yeah. Spo- it's totally fine. Yeah, like I I thought please don't let it do what Ian Reed's book do what I think it's going to do, which is absolutely all of these people are the same person. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "No, no, yep."
2: your book is very similarly a page like both of these books feel designed to be read in a single sitting or as close as possible as close under ideal circumstances in a single sitting. And I'm wondering like you, your ending is a twist in its own way. It's a Mm -hmm. twist on the thriller genre, whereas Ian's feels like he leans really hard into the like,
1: and I'm going to keep messing with you to the very end. Right. When I started the book, um, there was definitely part of me, a large part of me that wanted to write something really violent and, um, you know, actually given to the thriller genre, um... But as I was writing the book, I just, you know, something I tell my students is be honest. And, you know, I love saying that, especially to freshmen, because they scratch their head and they say, but we're writing fiction. And they say, right. So go figure out what I mean. Be honest. Um, (laughs) So as I was writing it, I realized, you know, I I, I thought there's going to be a rape, um, there's gonna be a murder, there's gonna be uh, one of the spouses is gonna kill another one of the spouses. Mark's gonna see something genuinely terrible. like he's gonna he's gonna see a true crime. Um, and then he so I had all of these huge, you know ideas as I was writing it. and when I got to the hotel, I realized, yeah, but I'm te- if I'm telling the truth, And the truth is that it's these little everyday decisions that shape our lives. And Mm -hmm. it's these tiny everyday fears that, you know, impact and influence who we are and how we act. Then I've got to be honest with the ending, which is that this stupid thing happens. And Mark, you know, lets the dog off the leash.
2: I'm curious for you as a reader, not as a writer. Yeah. What is like what is your ideal form of the thriller? Is it the one that at the end like it is rooted in truth, it is reality or is it the one that goes insane? And is like, "Hey, yeah, it turns
1: out Norman Bates is also his mother." <laughs> so a friend of mine just published his debut novel uh, called Thirst. His name is Benjamin Warner and it's the premise is so on the, I want to say simple, but it's imagine trying to execute this um, but the premise is the water is gone one day from the world. Mm -hmm. It it just evaporates and it's gone, no explanation. But Ben, because he's brilliant and he's Ben, doesn't do a sort of Dr. Pepper commercial take on it where you see like kids running in India and kids (laughs) running in Russia and kids running in America. Like, you know, the beautiful, he looks at one suburb, in Baltimore and not just at one suburb, but one cul-de-sac and then not just (laughs) at one cul-de-sac, but just one house. And so he's looking at this couple and the wife might be pregnant and the husband's just trying to get home from work, but on his commute home, the water's gone. And so instead of looking at everybody, you know, we're not looking at the president, we're not looking at anybody important. It's just, here's a dude who used to be a runner and he's trying to get home to his wife and he doesn't quite understand that the water's gone. And I, I remember putting that book down like, i've read it i read many drafts before it was published and every single time it was the same at about 40 50 pages in i would put the book down i'd go into the kitchen and i'd look for the extra water i'd be like where and then i'd look and it's funny because i was telling his wife this and his wife was like yep and i bought extra flashlights and i bought (laughs) flood lamps and and i was like i did that too i mean i i basically became a panicked person but but in this like really wonderful cathartic type way i mean great art you know does that it's Mm -hmm. a catharsis and i love thirst the book because on the one hand i think yeah but that's never going to happen right we're never going to run out of water but on the other hand it's like we could yeah we could right that's not (laughs) vampires in the attic yeah that's water running out that could happen totally terrifying
0: (sighs) that might be actually a good pivot oh yeah into into recommendations. I mean we're having a great time talking, but we should probably talk about books other books that we love too.
2: Yeah. Drew, you sure. can start. I have two Great I was deciding whether it was one or two. It's two. That sort of fit this thing. Um <laughs> One is Jesse Ball's "The Curfew."
1: Oh, I haven't read it yet. I
2: like I just, I love Jesse Ball, and um, I've been like diving down his backlist slowly but surely this year. And this one, it's uh, dad and his daughter. The daughter is mute. They're in some vaguely totalitarian, probably Eastern European country. Um, and the dad decides to go out after this unofficial curfew one night to like meet up with some separatists because apparently there's information about his wife, the girl's Mm -hmm. mother who was disappeared by the government several years earlier. And it's a different kind of like the whole time there's a, there's a slightly like warm sweater feeling about the book, but there is in the back of your head, there's just this blinking like things are wrong and you watch sort of the various characters and how they interact with that. And, but it's also just brilliant. I mean, mm. Jesse is an awesome stylist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other one is a book I haven't read in years, but it has stuck with me. Um, Tim O'Brien's In the Lake of the Woods.
1: Are you fucking with me right now? I
2: love that Do book. Do you know
1: that you just stole my recommendation? Seriously? Yes. Oh, no. John oh, Wade. No. Oh, my oh, gosh. Let's great. just
2: switch over to you. Why
0: are you recommending yeah. it? This guy talks all the time on Yeah, yeah,
1: show. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So my my. Th- favorite novel in the world the book that has influenced me more than any book ever um in part because of the disappearing narrator this is yeah how i refer to him and in, in in class um i teach it in literature classes and i teach it in creative writing classes as tim o'brien's in the lake of the woods i think it's brilliant everyone everyone does the things they carried which is also terrific and yep. needs to win all the awards that it needs to win but i think the most perfect novel that has been written post 1970 is in the lake of the woods cool it it absolutely achieves everything that i would want to achieve it talks about the artifice of storytelling it absolutely manipulates the reader but in a way that is earned it's diegetic you know it's it's the reason that we believe the narrator and that we're okay being swayed by the narrator is because the narrator wants to seduce us because it's very important to Mm -hmm. us that we love the main character so there's a purpose behind the lying there's a purpose behind um the perspective and the way that the story is being told basically you have just like um put in front of the audience here like the book that um the book i wish i could have written it's everything that's that i talked so about cool. that's hysterical <laughs> i love that book
2: i guess you have to go next i
0: guess i do but no bummer I, sorry i'm not even going to recommend a book anymore good <laughs>
1: You can't top that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to talk about um an uh, a movie that takes place in a car. Um, and it's uh, Tom Hardy is in this incredible uh movie Lock and it literally is It's just him, right? It's just him. Oh yeah. There you it's him in a car uh and actually um I read an interview with the director where he's like, "Yeah, I actually started with with film uh, of uh the highway from a car. And then I was like, you know, I could probably make a movie from this. So I started writing a script, which I think is a very funny way to start. Um, (laughs) And it's an excellent movie. Um, Tom Hardy does an incredible performance and it just shows when you can delete everything. You don't even need the second person in the car. Right. Now that you have a cell phone, you're going to have like a whole group of people calling him. Um, But it's an, you just see, tom hardy i mean it's a great movie i really recommend it as a, also an interesting companion piece uh, to listen to me
2: yeah Ding. yes um, i think i'm gonna go home and watch it tonight very nice i haven't seen it yet the um, timing feels right the timing does. feels right for you
1: <laughs> i like it
0: um hannah thank you so much <laughs> yeah this was so much fun thank yeah you. this was really great um and uh you know we always say the same things at the end of the show so just do listen to the last episode and what we said last time do that That is your Wikipedia. Does it really it should, say? It's really? Just, it's really? Like Hannah Bizard is a short story.
1: Well, thank you. Somebody, <laughs> somebody on the wiki site knows me. Um, that's great. My mom actually called to tell me that I was on wiki, and I said, "Uh, hey, well, I didn't know," and so that was cool. On the one hand, on the other hand, I said, "Hey, mom, what are you doing, googling me?" And she said, "I had some downtime," and I was like, <laughs> uh, uh, "Okay, it's gonna be a, this one's gonna be a long conversation." Um, and it actually did end up being a long conversation because she said, she said so I read some interviews and I was like oh hold on let me let me pour myself a bourbon for this one and she said do you know what I realized about you I'm not kidding this happened this year and I said what do you realize about me mom and she said you like to talk about yourself <laughs> and I this this thank you for laughing because I I kind of got quiet and I said mom you know they're interviews right